Good morning. This lovely Wednesday here in Murray, Kentucky. This is the For Those Who Inquired podcast. I'm your host, Edward Marlowe. And I'm your guest, not Edward Marlowe, yeah. Neil Bradley. Yeah, Neil Bradley. You, uh... <laughs> Uh, I love it. I've, I I love it because you're guest, but then like you and I have a pretty consistent show. That's funny. But I'm a guest. Yeah, you. I you guess could you, say I'm not doing this anymore with you. Get out of here, and there's nothing I can do about it. On the for those who inquired, podcast. It's true. I wouldn't have too much. Yours. Wouldn't wouldn't have too much of a it show though. Yeah, but I mean, it's. I do know the password to it. Though. Yeah, it's ours. It's yours, mine, and ours. Like it's kind of a situation where I definitely love talking to a lot of different people and. Look to continue to add more guests as I move forward, but um, they, you're in, you and I are kind of the anchor of the show, so to speak. It's funny; it's shows on anchor. Ah, that's bad. Oh, but, that's really. I, I didn't. You're, you're so far ahead of me on that. I didn't even catch anchor FM yeah. backslash FTW inquired. We always appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, I had a couple of people notify me during the OVC tournament uh, that you and I were at, and that we'll discuss uh, briefly. Uh, and and really at length that you know that they listen to the podcast and it kind of surprised me. Uh, I always appreciate it. I appreciate any of our listeners. And if you feel like you want to be a contributor, uh, again, you you are more than welcome to visit Anchor.fm backslash FTW Inquired. And you know any sort of contributions for that are spectacular. If not, you know it, it's totally fine. I, I like doing my podcast. I like doing uh, the blog. I blog when I can. And uh, really appreciate readers there. So um, were, the, were the people were they prisoners or are they actual people out on the outside? I actually think they were prisoners listening to oh, it. They okay. were forced to listen to a couple. Oh of our well, bad that, episodes. I didn't mean that. I just thought they were repeated in, in prison. You know, I got nothing else. Let's listen to this. I yeah, well, I guess I'll just listen to two guys blabbing about local athletics. <laughs> um, but it's fun to blab. That's what we're here for. It so we're here for those who have inquired and. For those who inquired, the OVC tournament, it, it was different. I just before we even get to the basketball, I, it felt nice to be in the Ford Center in yeah, Evansville. I will facility. say that I love that facility. I do too. You and I could talk all day about how I never want the OVC tournament to be in Nashville ever again. I don't care if it's in a ballroom with crystal chandeliers everywhere i want it to be in the ford center i've actually done one obc tournament pretty much in a ballroom yeah i'm sure it wasn't great At the louisville convention center we did it there oh and it looked like uh basically a ballroom like, yeah. let's let's play a little basketball with here. a basketball only one year when we went you know everyone give obc credit one year of that they went yeah let's find somewhere where people might want to come yeah that has so, parking and stuff right and that's nice. uh that's my biggest problem with nashville People can talk all day long about how there's like plenty of food, plenty of shopping, and there's like hotels and, and stuff. Is. Oh, there's hotels. Yeah, they're about like three hundred dollars a night. Exactly, two fifty a night. Yeah, and you're parking for twenty dollars a minute. Yeah. Why do Why do you want to spend that much money when you can get a better quality product in a smaller town? What does it matter? And like, they want you there. Oh yeah, they we actually want you. They actually there. like it. Yeah. It's a blue collar town for basketball. I will have this conversation till I am blue in the face, and I don't care if I repeat the statements annually. This is going to be my annual reminder, and I'm just going to do it right now here on this show. Evansville, uh, first of all, it's going to be there for the next, what, three years anyway? I think so. It's in per- it's yeah. some, sort, some sort of perpetuity. I want it to be in Evansville or some town similar to Evansville forever. 
Right. I don't ever want it to go back to Nashville. I know that that would be easier for the OVC employees. I'm not attacking that at all. I, there's absolutely a convenience when the OVC is in Brentwood and you have a tournament in Nashville. Oh, hey, that 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 makes an easy transition yeah. for them because they essentially Kyle Schwartz, Heather Brown, they essentially moved to Evansville for four days. Yeah. You know, and, but they and, do and that really for all the all the tournaments, right? Exactly, every tournament. Evansville is a perfect balance of a family atmosphere, ease of access, and a beautiful facility. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, sorry. It's well, easier to get to. To get oh my to, God. The, to the game and then after the game, it's not, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in traffic forever. I drove from my house to the front door of the Ford Center. I was there in two hours. I parked and I was on press row in 15 minutes. If that had been Nashville, it would have taken two freaking hours to do that. It would have cost me 40 bucks yeah. to do that. It cost me 10 like it's just an affordable tournament. Yeah, I I, I liked it. Uh, I was on the fifth floor. We were up in a hockey press box, hockey, in the, hockey. Pre, in the press box. Took a little bit to adjust to the to how high up I was, but it didn't take long. Did have binoculars. I used somewhat for a few things during the game, but uh, for the most part, it was a spacious box. We were able to socially distance because Kenny and I were the only one in our box. Yeah, you go to the Tennessee Tech folks; they're the only ones in their box. So you didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to, you're five stories away from people. You're in clothes. You didn't have to wear a mask while you broadcast or anything like that. You had to, in the, you know, they, they, everything was done by the book. But once you got to your booth, I mean, you traveled with someone for two hours. There's no need for you to mask up with them. So we didn't. We got in the booth, uh, did our thing, masked up when we left and everything like that. But it right. had, had plenty of sanitizer there, sanitized the thing before you went in. It was all, all really good, really well run. Uh, but and the thing is, it was so well thought out. It's obvious thought processes went into how to do this, right. how to make everybody happy. Unlike Moorhead State, when it's like, let's stick them up at the freaking top. Yep. Home and, home and away radio, too. That is just uh, absolutely horrible. It looked like it's the least we can do. Yes, because it was. And here at the OVC tournament, it seemed extremely well thought out. But you knew if Kyle Schwartz, Heather Brown, and his, th- that crew had anything to do with it, it was going to be because they're just magnificent to work with. Yeah, and like I said, it's not their fault that this season has been antiseptic. You just, no. Yeah, it's it's not their fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's it's just it is what it is. Yeah. That's how we were going to play basketball this year. And make it happen. And make it happen. And so it's been a challenge for sure. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about what it's been like on the sidelines this year. It's been very different. We're not necessarily as connected to the teams, men or women, uh, and not just in basketball but other sports as well. You're experiencing the football realm as we speak. And, yes. you know, two weeks in, the racers are 2-0, and but it's still kind of an antiseptic season where you're we're not having those pressers in the deep, dark dungeon of right. the of, of uh, Roy Stewart Stadium. And on the road, we're not on the field, you know, and, and you're, not, you're not really taking in the – the sights and sounds of the coaching staff and the players and the sweat and the tear, whatever. I've done You're, two two games, Ed. Notice zero difference while I'm doing while I'm doing the game. Really, like just a yeah, because you have to realize it. Murray State's like, well, what about the crowd? Well, I don't see the crowd. I'm in a press box. I have That's to stand true. up and see them. Yeah, so it, it looks the same and feels the same. At Southeast Missouri, they had a decent crowd there. We have had times when we've been two and eight. That's the crowd we got with no pandemic. So. It's a good point. It looked about the same. Uh, there were sounded people wearing about the same too. Masks over there, 
But that's it, other than the social distancing and things like that. And somewhere, somewhere, you can argue about that stuff all you want. But nevertheless, the crowd looked uh, about like I've seen it sometimes over there. Sure. Uh, so I didn't notice any different. The football was really good, uh, really terrific game. Uh, we've had two really good games in terms of that, so a lot of fun to watch. But uh, I'm just saying in terms of from basketball, you could see the immediate thing with guys sitting on the benches and stuff like that because I see them all the time in their masks. Yeah. Football, I'm so high up, and I don't really look at the sidelines that closely. You just don't notice any difference at all. Back to the OVC tournament, and I'm glad you you kind of brought this up. I, the men's and women's basketball seasons at Murray State, um, just kind of two different things. Really. Yes. I, look, similar records. Similar. similar. Yeah, similar. Women's somewhat better, but not tremendously better. But that's not where, uh, you know, they were predicted maybe to be a 500 team or less by the polls, and they finished much better. They no, really they, finished strong. They the absolutely men, exceeded Now they were picked to win it. So was Austin P, and they finished basically the same. Yeah, it's crazy to think. You and I were talking pre-show, Neil. It's crazy to think that the two preseason favorites, co-favorites to win the league. For good reason. For good reason. Um, mathematically sound, brought back the right pieces. Yeah. Uh, combined to go 20 for 20 in the OVC in the regular season. Without major injuries to their better players. A few. Yeah, yeah not not major injuries to better players, but a few tweaks and mismatches yeah. and frustrations and you know concerns uh covid protocol uh and even some injuries to some minor players that would have been yeah. key rotation Demo- guys demont was a starter they lost him yep. i don't i don't know that matt smith would have started might might have but i don't think he would have but uh, i think the racers might have beaten jacksonville state had they had demont robinson the second time who knows they may not have something else might have happened yeah but i'd like to have seen that uh, and then on the Austin P side, uh, you know, I guess Adams was hurt for a while. They had another injury or two yep. that impacted their season. But uh, for the most part, the key players were healthy most of the season, or at least healthy enough. Yeah, it's odd. And you I, know, and I, they, I never – if you had told me in January, even after the Racers went 0-4 in that tough stretch there where it was P and then, you know, and then, you know, Belmont and, you know, and all that sort of stuff right all in a row – uh, and the EIU loss on the road. I, if you had told me even then that the Racers and Austin P would have finished 500 combined in the OVC against the conference, I, I just would have laughed in your face. I just oh, yeah. like mathematically, that's not <clears throat> even it's not even possible. There's no way. There's just too much talent. There's too much too much experience. Too much belief. Too much can you know? Can are the other teams going to match up well? Yeah. But turn come come to find out, yeah, yeah, they will. Yeah. They will. Not only will Moorhead State just obliterate everybody in the conference, but EKU is going to be good. Uh, JSU obviously wasn't eighteen to nine on accident, and after their their loss to Belmont, um, I I mean Belmont of course was Belmont and probably would have run the table uh, had they just not had that hiccup, you know, with with Mazinski being out. Of course, then they had a healthy Mazinski in the championship, and that did not matter. And we'll get to that in a minute, but you know. But we also, I wanted to point out, we heard Matt McMahon talk. Uh, I, I played that cut for you yeah. on our post-game show, and it was the last question we asked him about uh, what next year would look like with all the new rules of uh, you know the the being able to to go here or there without any sort of penalty and having right. an extra year without penalty. And the thing that stood out to me is we're going to go back to the hotel and have dinner and get right to work on rebuilding the culture yeah they're not gonna waste any time and said there will he said there will be changes and he said it yeah there there will be changes there will be changes rebuild the culture i don't know what the changes are going to be 
but uh, there will be changes. And the thing is that impacted me was next week we're going to reevaluate. It was after dinner. Yeah, we will be re- They were at the arena. He had a Zoom session. They went and ate at the hotel, and then we're going to have a meeting over here. We will be reevaluating now. Tonight. That, as, as we speak. That impacted me. I mean, that, that shows a major sense of urgency on Coach McMahon's part there. I want to go back to the just because I wrote a blog post that has gotten a lot of traction and it really kind of surprised me. And all all it was for me was I wanted to I, of course, was at the OVC tournament as well. Watched the I watched the women's first round, saw their their first win. First of all, let's just, you know. And I don't, want, I don't want to keep going back and forth, but the tournament's happening in real, you know, it was happening yeah. in real time. You had the women, then the men. And they played back-to-back. And back-to-back. And, back and so it was just kind of like, okay, well, we're just going to transition from the women to the men, but we'll stick with the men here in this this discussion because that's kind of where we are. You know, they finished 13. going to transition from women to men? Yeah, but, okay. you know, I'm, just, I'm trying to stay with that's it here in, because. inconvenient for me this week. Well, my apologies. Oh, on the games. Okay, go right. ahead. Sorry. Yeah, there, Sorry, we, there, we, there we go. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Neil. You're, Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> I've brought you back to woo, um, thirteen and thirteen in the regular season, uh, and then one you know tough postseason loss, four and nine on the road, nine and four at home, zero oh and one on a neutral court. Not ideal. No, I mean, and here's here's the thing: you go four and nine on the road. Okay, it's tough. It's pandemic. It's not the nine and four at home. I I can see the Belmont loss. They ended up being the. And I can even now yeah. see the Moorhead loss. But two of those losses that I'm having a hard time with the JSU loss and the EIU loss. You get those, and all of a sudden you're at 15 and 11. You probably even have a better seed. Yeah. You know. It might be 16 and 10 then uh, and, and because you, you, you win a game. That's maybe. right. Something like that. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I know it is what it is, and it's done, but we're talking postmortem here. Season's over. What's next? And the real question is you go back to that JSU game dissecting that you win every stat category in that game maybe the best efficient game you play all year not counting the austin p blowout and you don't win yeah it's tough i mean you defended jsu about as well as you could defend them after two games in which neil you and i talked about this going to the to the tournament jsu in two games against the racers shot nearly 60 percent from the field it was 61 for 109, mm-hmm. which is like 54%. It's insane. Yeah. Absurd. You go 9 for 20, and then what, 13 for 24 in the two games from three? Yeah. One of the better three-point defenses in the league over the last two to three years, at least from the arc, and if not 2%, the two-point two shot, insane what JSU had done. And they were, they're a good three-pointing sh- shooting team. They right. were second in the league. So it's not like it was a bad team. But suddenly, against the racers, they had elevate the little kid on the wing. Who's the one they were? King. Is King. That the guy? He he averages six points a game against the racers. Over thirteen a game. He buried two more threes. Yeah. He I think he finished like nine for thirteen, I believe, or eight for thirteen from three against yeah. the racers. All oh, the racers are in town. Great. Sure. I mean, I'm going to hit both threes. Yeah. He, he needs to actually transfer to Eastern Illinois because that's what. Oh, the racers. Well, fine. What if we get behind by? It doesn't matter. We're still going to win because that's kind of what that's got to be how they feel after their last three games against the Racers. And that's the other part I wanted to point out. You talked about the two two of the losses to Eastern Illinois, and they had some fine players. Yes, some very fine players on the, each that side of the floor. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, the Racers lost to them twice, blew a lead up there in one of those, 
And the the downside is they lost twice to them. Martin beats them by double digits in the last game, and Jay Spoonauer gets canned. So that, those are the losses that are tough to take. Yeah. The, the, the Belmont, you don't like losing to them. They're really good. Uh, but those are tough to take in both games with him. You know, felt really good about the way they played both times. Jacksonville State, I thought they only played poorly one time. Uh, the other two times, I thought played well enough to win. Didn't win either of those. But uh, Moorhead State turns out they're really good. I don't have a problem with those. But uh, the ones that you have a problem with is uh, Eastern Illinois and uh, games like that. Man, the those, middle those of the pack losses. Tough ones. And the, ten- the Tennessee Tech loss. And they had Austin P beat over at Austin P. Then lost that one. Well, you have to go back and you look at the 10 losses in OVC play. Eight of them are uh, single digits. I know, us. yeah. And I'd say of those eight, five of them you had a lead in the final six minutes. Yeah. So, it's tough. And I can't put my – I've had so many people, what's, what's wrong? I don't know. Usually we're with the team and might have a little bit better sense of it. And, again, this year we might not. But I have no idea. I really really don't know. They have to, a good amount of talent. I, I do think you have to be a little more consistent at point guard, maybe get some uh, – a guy that can get you points. You want someone that's going to hit 70% or better at the charity tribe. I think that's a, a big issue there. Uh, but uh, that isn't the only issue. That right. has to be better. And, and Matt, I think, pointed out a lot of that. It's the consistency issue. Because at times, when the racers are playing you know, among their best basketball, they look like an OVC champion. But when they were playing among the worst, they looked like a middle-of-the-pack team. And guess what? That's where they finished. Yeah, I think you know I, I broke a lot of that down in, in – in this blog post that I have, and and you're more than welcome to check that out. That's at uh, edwardmarlow85.wordpress.com, and it's just where I, I I was at the game against JSU, and I just I kind of got the same. We all got the same comments that you got in the post game from Matt in his post game on Zoom. It was very similar to the culture wasn't the same. There, you know, Tevin was despondent and frustrated in his post game. I he had a couple great quotes, but it was just you know, he was just basically devastated. Well, first of all, that was a great game. So I mean, it I, was. I do feel like the team emptied the tank in that regard. I do. I I have no, I have no problem. But they didn't want him to lose, but they really played well, played their hearts out. And that's what's tough though, and that's what Tevin said after the game. He was like, "Why didn't we play like that all year?" That's exactly it. That's the problem. Yeah. Because our fans, I believe, are good enough to take. Hey, if you get, give me all you got, leave it all out there. If you lose, you lost to a good JSU team. It's a JSU I team that was that. had a Brandon Huffman from North Carolina transfer in, and Darian uh, Adams, who was a a graduate transfer from Troy, who by the way hit two dagger three pointers in yeah. that game. One of them over a switch on KJ Williams late in the game. Right. Before Tevin tied it, and then you just you get that offensive rebound in the overtime, and you probably win. And instead, Kane Henry rolls in and gets it over KJ. It's just those little effort plays in the final two minutes of regulation and overtime that push JSU to the win. Then a little rewind back to Saturday at Tennessee Tech. The team, the team, generally speaking, for much of the game, seemed pretty much uninterested in being there. Right. I mean, that's it's the way they played and. If anyone's offended by that, let's go sit side by side and look at the game and point out where I'm wrong. For, yeah. the, for the most part, just take the tape, tail, yeah. tail of the yeah. tape. No, nobody's attacking a player here. No, I'm not. Just I'm not. go take a look. Generally I mean, speaking, of the team that night, just the aura. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you were I actually remember, at Tech. I just watched it on TV. Remember, we lost to a four and twenty-two team. Four and twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. But then, tonight, the two days earlier, Austin lost to a three and twenty-two team. So. Right. They were playing their best. Let's give them that. Yes, they were. But uh, 
the effort that I saw against Jacksonville State, had that been there against Tennessee Tech, that's not a loss. In no. fact, it's a double-digit win. Yeah. But it Absolutely. wasn't there. So a couple of questions there then. You know, I've gotten the questions myself, and I'm not really sure, uh, but I'll ask it anyway just for open-endedness and discussion. Who stays and who goes? That I don't know. I, 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 I believe from what I've seen, I think Tevin and KJ, they, they seem to be happy here. They like it here. They're successful. But uh, I think they want success, and uh, hopefully they'll do whatever it takes to, to make that happen. Well, they there will be changes. They have, sure. There will be changes. They're, they haven't tasted failure. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I say that their OVC championship last year where Tevin had to, on the last second, you know, he helps up Javion. I took a picture of that, yeah. and Belmont's celebrating in the background. But that was a good team. That was a 23-9 and nine that team. That got beat by a good team. That got beat by a great, yeah, a good yeah, team so, at the last second. Yeah. It took a last-second play. Stop away from advancing to the NCAA tournament, which was never played, but you could have done it. That'd be three in a row. Three in a row. You're a regular season champion three years in a row. No, Tevin, co- no coach has ever done that. No, and Tevin and KJ never experienced and over that three years. This is the first – I don't mean this like this sounds, but this is probably the first time they've ever been kicked in the nuts uh, at, at Murray State. Like, really, like, wow, this did not work. Yeah. Something did not work. I don't know. Was it me? Was it you? Was it us? Was it all of it? I, I'm not sure. This yeah. is the first time they've ever experienced that. And I can't see them wanting to leave. It's like, no, no, we're not leaving on that note. We'll leave on a different note. Not that one, though. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to see. You have no control what other teams do recruiting-wise, but I think you want to see them uh, go out on a really high note, maybe uh, 20 or more wins, flirt with the conference championship, if not win. Uh, to me, that's a successful season. That's the culture that Murray State's all about. That's what fans, they expect. You're not going to win it every year, yes, but you, you ought to flirt with 20 wins every year. 20 wins And you certainly... ought to compete for the championship, seriously compete for it until the final week of the season. Not talking about a fifth seed. Are we going to be a one or a two? If things really didn't go well and you had two awesome teams, maybe a three. Yeah, or three, four. Yeah. That middle. But then, you the know. single by. Yeah. Yeah. But. Nowhere close to that this year, and they know that, and they know they came up short. I think Matt McMahon's comments and Tevin's comments were more than clear uh, after the OVC cha- uh, ch- uh, tournament, you know, and and, and where that shook out. I, I think both of them just, yeah, this didn't work. Something, something was amiss here, and you know what I said in my blog was the numbers were there, and McMahon's right. He said this in our in our Zoom. Uh, of course, this was post radio. You know, he said, you know, the metrics are there. It is really kind of an interesting study in metrics, and I completely agree. You go look at the Ken Palm. You go look at the numbers. This is a racer team that was strong offensively. Yes. Put up great numbers from two-point percentage, three-point percentage. Uh, one of the top leagues, you know, top teams in the conference and in, in the league in, in offensive, you know, efficiency. Um, pretty solid rebounding. Not great, but not the worst team in the league at rebounding. Uh, your worst metric really was free throw shooting you were the second to last team well first of all you were the worst team in getting to the free throw line in the league and you were the second worst team in making them so even when you did get there it didn't matter you were only going to shoot 66 percent from there um but there just were some other numbers that didn't quite add up to old racer teams not to compare but the three-point defense wasn't 110 percent all the time uh, the two, on the season, though, it was a solid number. Solid. It was solid, but there were just moments in clutch situations. And I think the three C's that I mentioned, clutch, cohesion, and chemistry, a team that was so 
what we thought would be so chemically bonded early on, something was just inorganic later. I, I put this, I'm a big baseball guy, and I put it with the with a starting pitcher that has the 2.97 ERA that goes 8 and 13. How's that possible? How's he doing it? Is he just not getting runs? Uh, well, the other Where's pitchers the are winning. Uh, other pitchers are winning. Usually it's because clutch pitching. They have good numbers, but when it comes to really needing to make the good pitches at the right time, they can't make them. Uh, and I think that might be a little bit of what we're seeing. Racers were terrific at times, but when it came to clutch, really needing shots, really needing to make plays, and I think that tale is told in the how did they do in the final five minutes of games? Right? Did they come from behind and win? Nope. Uh, I think uh, you get some of that uh, picture. Now, how do you get better at that? I have no idea. Not a clue. But uh, I do know we have a coaching staff that knows how that can happen, and they're going to work hard to be sure that next season that that will come to the forefront. Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that all shakes out, in the words of the great Dave Weiner. There you go. It'll be, it will be, because I think for me, this offseason, I am deeply keyed into, from an, from a graduation transfer standpoint, from a transfer portal standpoint, from a recruitment standpoint, you know, just because this was a free year didn't mean this racer staff wasn't out beating the drum oh, on a couple yeah, of guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's certainly... I strongly suggest if anybody's interested in that sort of, you know, subject to continue to surf Twitter, see what's up on verbalcommits.com. I've been kind of looking at those sort of things, you know, sending out my feelers, you know, who's who's getting interest where and you know, you take a look at the at where the racers have officially offered in the 2021 class. It kind of paints a picture of where they're looking, like that right. That 6667 wing kind of Shaq Buchanan like type that, that's what they're looking for, I would think, in the 2021 class. I could be completely wrong. Could be completely wrong. But there's a defensive stopper missing on this team. And, uh, you know, and maybe just a little bit of veteran leadership. You're seeing a few things, kind of some feelers being sent out via social media. You're seeing the some of these graduate transfers start to pop up in the transfer portal. And where are they headed? Is one headed to Murray State? I don't know. Well, we may find out in the next couple of weeks. We may not. Um, this is certainly going to be unprecedented times when it comes to men's college basketball. Oh, yeah. Because the transfer portal might be as big as it's ever been. I think it will be, and you'll see poaching like you've probably never seen before. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah, because blue-chip teams, blue-collar teams are going to be looking for guys. Yeah. So it'll be, you know, I'm watching just to see how that all kind of, you know, manifests. Because, again, this is uncharted territory. We're fixing to have a logjam of talent because of the extra year of eligibility, one. But people are looking for new opportunities. Graduate transfer is the new hot commodity now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've talked about it the last couple of years. Is this a place where McMahon and his staff go and get veteran leadership? Is it the JUCO route? Shaq Buchanan, even in his first year, came as a a veteran. He was ready to compete right away. Didn't shoot it particularly well that that junior year, but he was still a defensive problem, and that brought the leadership that that team needed. Helped bring the leadership uh, that that team needed. You know, is this is that what McMahon and his staff are going to do right now? I I can't rule it out. I'd have to think. I'd have to think maybe graduate transfer is in the discussion. You know, for some leadership, I'd have to think a JUCO with two to three years of eligibility is in that conversation, and then maybe a best available freshman. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I this is like I said. This is one of those years. I'm not really sure where, you know, where the bar is 
to, to what you need to yeah. add to your team. And right now they can't go see high school kids till I think, the end of March. Can't do it. Nope. Which means you probably will be able to see some of the Kentucky State Tournament, but there's several state tournaments you can't see. There's some states that aren't playing basketball yet. Yeah. No. Want, want to give a quick nod to Janai Broom? Wow, what a tournament for him, what a year for him, and yeah. Moorhead Wallops Belmont. If you had told me at the beginning of the year that the eighth-ranked preseason team that got destroyed by nearly 40, I believe did get destroyed by 40-plus against Kentucky, would win not only the OVC championship, but convincingly I would have giggled in your face and told you to never cover OVC basketball. They're good. They had uh, defensively unreal. probably the best team I've seen since maybe – 2012, the 2012 version of the Racers, really solid. Uh, maybe not as good offensively as that team, but good enough offensively. And they got better as the year got on there toward the end uh, in terms of offense. But Janai Broom was terrific. It was between him and Wendell Green on the the uh, the rookie of the year. I know when we played EKU, I gave the nod to Green, but I thought over the last two weeks Broom may have passed him a little bit. Uh, a great choice either way. So uh, oh, yeah, no doubt way. about that. And Preston Spradlin. Uh, if 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 Casey Alexander runs the table, I'm always for if you if you run the table, you're the coach of the year. It's yours. You shouldn't vote on it. They're the coach of the year if you run the table. But he didn't, and I realize there are circumstances because they didn't. I understand that. But Preston Spradlin, when you're picked eighth and you win it and you recruit Janai Broom, you deserve the coach of the year. Yeah, I think that was a great pick. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. didn't really have much on the men's side a lot to quibble about at all. I didn't either, actually, and I'm glad you brought that up because on the women's side, as we shift to that, oh, real quick, bye EKU, goodbye JSU. Yeah, they're they're gone. See ya. Other than the spring sports, I guess. Have a good one. Right. Yeah. I, or or don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, right. I'm not necessarily as angry about it as everybody else. I will say, I will say that you don't want teams in your conference that don't want to be there. So good and, riddance in and, that regard. And schools should be allowed to do what's in their best interest. Exactly. That that I'll completely agree with. I have with. no problem with that. Yeah. Go go do what's best for you. I'm not going to lose my mind or get angry about it. Uh, I'm not necessarily even as impassioned about them losing. Did you know they made the they they both both programs both men's programs made the fine the the semis. So. Well, it would have been embarrassing for the league had they played for the tie. You uh, can say what you want, but that would have been a freaking embarrassment. Michael Michael Dan literally said, "If it's EKU versus JSU, we're packing up and not even watching this championship." Yeah, uh, which I found to be really funny because uh, <laughs> I actually think he was probably halfway serious in that regard. Right. But uh, yeah, if I'm Beth, I'm just like. There's a trophy back there. Go get it. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, make <laughs> whoever sure, wins it, there it is. We're out. Make I'm sure you make sure you turn the lights out. So women's basketball, I was actually surprised as we sh- as we transitioned to that. I was surprised that Caitlin Young did not win OVC Freshman of the Year. I was surprised until I looked up the stats of the girl who did. And yep. once I looked those up, it's like, okay, yeah, she was really, really. Caitlin Young was really good. This young lady was really good. Too. And not only did she did the same thing Janai Broom did, she backed it up. Yeah. Because you go to the tournament, Murray State women get a huge, 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 in the words of a former president, huge victory in that opening round against SEMO. Still down two starters. I know SEMO was missing one, but they were missing two. Yeah. They still and, did it. Well, and they had t- Taylor Pruitt was out too. Yeah. But, I mean, she had been kind of rotating in and out all year, but – you know, they were down. Um, why did I just lose her name? Tisha Thompson. Tisha Thompson, yeah. She was terrific. And Rika Patterson, you know, what a team they had this year, quite frankly. Because, I mean, to, to graduate that much talent, 
bring back TCA, Taylor Pruitt, and a few other pieces. They just about did it. And they not only were they the three seed again, but they they were they had racers on the ropes uh, before you know Rochelle went. Rochelle Turner went six deep in that game. I know. Macy Turley was terrific. Hannah McKay was terrific. Caitlin Young overcame a, a, a slow start to to be big, and the team gets their you know Rochelle gets her first OVC victory. Macy Turley gets her first OVC tournament victory. You talk about Burpo. Yeah, Burpo was terrific. Oh gosh. Yeah, she was terrific in the OVC tournament actually, and so we shift to the Belmont game, and I'd already come home by that point to because I knew the Murray boys. I was helping out Jeremy Bell that night, that Friday night with uh, Murray and Mayfield. Uh, at Joe T. Ford in Mayfield, uh, but I digress. Yeah, the the women, tough loss. Run out of gas. It, that they came. Had no, that they had came, nothing left. That came down to the fourth quarter. Yeah, they, and no legs. And and Destiny Wells, who ended Anna. up being the tournament MVP. Yeah, you know, not only took over in that game, but then you get to the championship, and it would have been it would have been super cool. I'm not going to deny it. It would have been super cool to watch Murray State and UT Martin again for the title. Yeah, how close those games had been. Macy, Rochelle, Alexis, Lex, Maddie on the other side, who of course powered her team to the championship with with uh, Chelsea Perry a bit hobbled and not the same on the bench. Right. She had a massive, I believe, nineteen points, if I'm not mistaken, seven for eleven shooting, mm-hmm. uh, or seventeen points was terrific in the semifinals against Tennessee Tech, and then they make it to the championship again, and Destiny Wells was unconscious yeah. in the championship game just yeah. unconscious and belmont the women had like a 13 point lead i believe for most of the game and then in the final quarter ut martin closed but just could not it's just could not over like overcome that deficit right and, and belmont wins it as the two seed yeah. so i would have voted for caitlin young for rookie for the uh, freshman of the year but destiny wells you know i once i paid close attention saw her play no issue with that I would have voted for uh, Rochelle as coach of the year, but I don't have any issue with uh, Kevin McMillan getting it. He he had a great season, uh, but I just I thought uh, Rochelle, considering a lot of circumstances, especially the injuries at the end, the way they really closed hard despite those, uh, I thought that was magnificent coaching. But uh, I, I don't really have a lot of quibbles with uh, the way those turned out. It really did a pretty good job. Well, I think more than anything, what what the racers learned this year is that they have some young pieces. Oh yeah, I think they're still one impact player away from being right at the top. Yeah. Right at the top. They're cl- they're real close. They're close. But one more impact player and they are there. The way Hannah McKay surged toward the end of the season, the way Alexis Burpo looked like her all OVC second team self uh, late in the season, the way Caitlin Young played all year, the way Bria Sanders Woods was playing until she got injured injured yeah. against JSU. I, I think, you know, I, first of all, Mana Mensa she had a great tournament too. I know she didn't score a lot against Belmont, but against Semo, she was that clutch sixth player. Yeah, you know, and she's had some moments this year where she's been really, really on. Um, I'm not sure how Rochelle's roster will shake up because mm-hmm. there's always change. Somebody's always unhappy. You know, there's always I'm going to get closer to home, things like that. But with a free year of eligibility, I don't know how that shakes out either. Yeah, you know, and I'm looking at the roster and I just see youth. Uh-huh. You know, your 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 most seasoned player is Lacey Hawthorne, but your most seasoned class is your junior class. Yeah. So I don't know what to think about all that. I, I don't know how Rochelle and Monica and, and Amber will, will play that all out. I have no idea. Yeah. I, it's another one of those situations where we weren't close to that team either. Right. You know, women's basketball was just as uh, 
just as antiseptic uh and, and we couldn't you know get a real feel Th- those a lot of those numbers and there were injuries there too right. you know gentry warley you know was supposed to play a lot more this year never could get healthy um i don't know but all accounts this was incredible progress and fun to watch there's so much fun to watch the ball moved extremely yeah. well i just really really enjoyed watching them especially toward the end of the season i realized yeah they're winning but how they were winning. You can tell they were really playing together. They all bought into what Rochelle was trying to do with them. You can tell they loved it. They did, and uh, it showed. Uh, so I, I really, really enjoyed watching it. And as I and I said, I'm going to continue to say this, it isn't if they'll win a OVC championship under Rochelle, it's win. And that win could be next year. Might not be, but it could be. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Simo, Rika mentioned that Ticia is graduating moving forward Taylor Pruitt graduating moving forward uh Latrice Sane who had nine blocks in that opening game you know is a redshirt senior I that's that's probably it for her defensive player of the year and what a what a player she was yes. <laughs> nine blocks are you kidding me like if you, someone said have you ever seen nine blocks in a game yeah last time she played yeah <laughs> that's that's when you saw it that's what she does she, she I think I looked at the blocking she was like 40 or 50 ahead of the second place player she's blocking like nearly five shots a game yeah. she's gonna block per quarter it's, that's how good Latrice Sane was in the post mm-hmm. it's just absolutely terrific and again the racers had to overcome that as well um but I I just the league will look a lot different but then you look at Belmont and Destiny Wells is young oh I mean she's she's a freshman it's like yeah. she's their top contributor so, you know, Bart Brooks will have that team ready to go next year. Uh, Austin P moved on. You know, we, we you know, we, we, we mentioned Jay Spoonhour. Austin P just released their women's basketball coach, you know, after they made the tournament for I believe the fifth or sixth straight year. So not sure what the expectations there are in in, in Austin P, but you know, they're now looking for uh, a new coach. So I just don't I don't know what the league's gonna look like next year. Uh, I know that Rochelle's roster will still be young. Yeah, uh, but I'm curious what the tweaks will be. I don't think there'll be moving a, forward. I, I don't see a lot of change there. I really don't. I don't think there'll be a lot. There be, there's always some, but there won't be much. Yeah, there always it will be some from this point forward. I, I don't know That's what that first ball is. I don't know what that first year was though, because I mean, Neil, you you've covered you've covered college basketball at Murray State for more than 30 years now. There's always change, but some years there's more than others. But when did you start seeing that? first time of oh well this is how it's going to be now probably just a couple of years ago really when that trans when they came out with the transfer portal the portal once that came out and it became pretty easy to do it there you go i just wanted to make portal noises because that's uh, what it's like yeah it's like a black hole and with, like the, a, with the covid vortex the covid uh allowances that they're giving it'll be even more this year yes you're gonna have a lot of it and it, just something you have to deal with uh can you take advantage of it, or will it uh, bite you? So uh, that's kind of, I think, where we are. Well, and I think what that does, too, for the men and the women is just establish culture. Yeah. That's the point. Establish the culture, and people want to stay. Yeah. And they'll want to they'll want to work for you. It's uh, it's a business. Yeah. It's a business, and, and you're the boss. And if people don't want to work for you, then they'll move on. But just because you win doesn't mean you're going to keep all your players. I mean, also By- Byron Hawkins, he wanted to, he, he was on a, he was a good, good player. Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. Uh, he wanted more playing time with someone else. And that was pretty much all it was a good player, good dude, good kid bought into the culture, but just wanted another opportunity somewhere else. You're going to have some of that uh, almost all the time. It's someone really unhappy with playing time or, or they're unhappy with their city or they don't like the coach or something like that. Yeah. Most of the time that's your transfers. 
But not all the time. Sometimes it's just, you know, I think, uh, you know, just imagine you're the backup point guard behind John Morant, and you want a lot of playing time, and you're a point guard. Really? Not today. Yeah. So <laughs> Not this year. You're going to have to go somewhere else. Yeah. So, uh, and we don't, we don't have that situation, but uh, there will be teams that are in that situation, and those kind of players will be available. Yeah. Two former Murray High School players did make the all-tournament team in the women's basketball realm, Macy Turley of Murray State and UT Martin's Maddie Waldrop. So really cool. Crazy to think they were quite the dynamic duo. amazing. Yeah. Tells you how good that team was, though. Just every time I think about it, man, it's insane. The number of games they won, the big games they won, the talent they beat. And at the state tournament, they'd get up there. uh, You know, the small school state tournament did great. Then you get to the, uh, the big one. Never intimidated by anybody. Mm-mm. Nobody thrashed them. They, yeah, if they uh, got beat, it was, it was beat. Yeah, they, they got beat. Never sounded Mercer like. County that one year, it's like, well, they lost it. They're like, well, guess what? They rolled through and beat everybody, and Murray played about as close as anybody did. That's right. Football, Neil. <laughs> yes. Yes. This isn't a last but not least. This is a saving the best for last right now. Right now, yeah. I mean, it, this is fun. This two and zero, and we didn't. I have to be honest. I was asked, "What are we going to have this year?" I don't know. I hadn't seen them for four hundred days. A, a bunch of the players, uh, I don't even know who they are. Dean Hood hadn't seen them in four hundred days. Yeah, I mean, he didn't know what to expect. So, uh, yeah. Well, what about uh, what about this guy? What, what about what, the, here's what we're seeing. What about right Demonte now? Witherspoon? Like, he, I don't know yeah. if he showed up at the radio station and said, "I'm Demonte Witherspoon. I'm a running back for the Razors." You like, have to take his word for it. Okay. I guess you are. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. Here's here's what I've taken from the last eight quarters. You're mostly taking care of the football. Yeah. You are defending you're defending your ass off. I mean, defense has been there. Yes. You're holding teams to under thirty five percent on third down conversion. Teams are not running the football against you. They're averaging less than 100 yards a game rushing in the first two games against UT Martin and, and SEMO. And uh, quarterbacks are having a hard time throwing against you. In game one, it was Don Parker who decided to just wreak havoc out of the secondary. In game two, it was Marcus Floyd and Cortez Roberts. Mm-hmm. And yet, SEMO had a couple timely drops in the second half that didn't help their case. But Murray State, three sacks. Preston Rice took no sacks. He did have a costly interception in the fourth quarter that got Simo back into it. There was a tough punt uh, from Adam Baum that they, you know, that Simo took advantage of that gave them a little bit of momentum in the fourth quarter. But for the most part, this is a team that's not committing big time mistakes. Uh, and I really thought you learned a lot about the Racers in that that game winning drive, mm-hmm. Neil. In my opinion, you. The interception was a poor throw, quite frankly, and Preston will say that. Uh, he knows. He tried to get out to his right, make a throw in the in the right flat. wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they make the pick six, 33 yards to, 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 to kind of get some momentum there. But they go right back to Lamartez Brooks, who has a giant 30-yard sweep. And then after failing to convert on fourth down to go up three possessions, they go for it on fourth down needing to win basically you i think there's enough time maybe to kick a field goal there and hope for the best with your defense but that was a gut check fourth down throw oh yeah from preston rice tough play had to be a perfect pass in the perfect spot and then you had to catch a bullet yeah a bullet 
all happened. Yeah, and, and you know what? That's two weeks in a row that Daquan Dallas has made a huge play. In week one, it was an 83-yard just go right up the defense. This time around, he just had the one catch, but he was ready. He was ready on the right slant inside man-to-man coverage. Dude's draped on him, draped on him, and he still makes the catch for first down. Plus, the only thing I haven't figured out, and this is two straight weeks it's it's happened, that when the racers get it like first and goal from the one or first and goal from the three, what is this running the football thing we're doing? I thought we were supposed to pass it three times <laughs> and then settle for a field goal, but no. <laughs> They're running the ball, and guess what? They're scoring when they run the ball, Ed. It's amazing. I have. Been, I love it. Neil, I've been hearing <laughs> even SEMO. So, I, of course, I did, I did not you know, have the chance to go to Cape Girardeau. I did watch the game mm-hmm. uh, uh, down for down, play for play. Uh, had a chance to jump on the Zoom after the game, but uh, with Coach Hood and the players. Uh, Rodney Castile's catch, they answer. SEMO answers. SEMO looks like a ranked team. <laughs> In that first that drive. That first drive's like, <laughs> I was like this oh, might be a long day. Yeah. This here, could be a really long day. Here we go. Five plays, 81 yards, they're done. This is the SEMO that everybody's expecting. Murray State immediately answers with DeMonta Weatherspoon getting like a 35-yard gash right up the right gut. And then his chin strap comes off. He comes out. They're like, all right, we'll just get Rodney the ball. We'll just go ahead and throw a perfect pass right into the breadbasket at the right pylon where Rodney Castile, a savvy senior, had to literally toe-tap to make that catch. That's a professional catch. Yeah. That was a professional throw and a professional catch. That was a hell of a play on the wheel route. And they immediately answered to make it 7-7. I I thought that really set the tone right away. But going back to um, what we were talking about with the fourth quarter and all that sort of stuff, I just don't. It's such a big win, Neil. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to is it was just a critical, critical win. And that we're seeing a team that, at least in these first eight quarters, just has a little bit of an identity. And my my granddad always had this saying, liars figure and figures lie. And here's an example. If I just gave you the figures and you didn't watch the game, Preston Rice, 8 for 20, 2 interceptions, 79 passing yards. You're going to say, well, you obviously didn't have a good game. If you watch the game, he had a good game. He had a really good game. Didn't have an accurate passing day, but every big play that needed to be made, that dude made it. Well, and again, credit SEMO's defense. I thought they were really, really aggressive in the passing lanes. They were extremely, extremely physical. They did a really good job uh, creating some mismatches in the secondary. Nobody really got to shake open. thought Malik Honeycutt had one catch that was pretty big for a first down conversion, but... I mean, you have to think about it from this perspective. SEMO's defense was expected to do that. Preston was probably going to have a pretty tough time. Where they were able to create their edge is in the running game. Preston Rice, another good running day. Not just the rushing touchdown, but he had nine carries and another 30 yards. Yeah, and ran over a dude. Just ran ran over a guy. He was expecting, you could tell. The third and ten. You're going to slide. No, I'm not. I'm going to run over you. I know exactly which play you're talking about. It was the third and ten, and they literally just had him run the ball i asked coach hodges uh, about that on the hey coach show we had him on a monday night and said what's the what's the school of thought there because uh, you're taught to slide if you're the starting quarterback we need you occasionally maybe run and he said uh it's a situation to situation thing there's times you got to have the first down first quarter third and five slide you know he didn't say it but that's kind of what he implied that situation they needed the freaking first down and he decided, I'm just going to run over you, man. And that's what happened. I, I know that 
I know that Preston Rice, you know, sometimes his accuracy has come into question. I've heard people just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm. I just continue to see winning plays. Even well, even last year when the record didn't show it, yeah. there were winning plays that were made. And I'm not necessarily saying guys are rallying around a quarterback, but they're rallying around a belief of playing There's physical football. There's the top football. stat of Preston Rice, the red one. Yeah, 2-0. Two 2-0, and o. Two and o. yeah. That's the that's the uh, that's the stat. Two and zero, oh, and you play Tennessee Tech this weekend at Tech. I believe you're going to Cookville. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, I'll be I'll be watching on the TVs. That's, they have some good players. Uh, that's going to be a great game. I think. You know, that's a Tech that's a Tech team that beat Austin P. So, and we have not had really good success there as of late. I, yeah, I feel we've like we've taken good teams and gotten beat. We've taken bad teams and gotten beat. The in line, we get beat every time we go. It seems like I, re- recently. I, I feel like it doesn't matter what sport. I mean, you talk about it from men's basketball perspective. They just went down there and got beat. Yeah, it's feel like, it's like people go to Cookville and they're and then like, Rochelle yeah. is like, hey, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, she, that's true. <laughs> Hang on, we got a big win <laughs> this year. I don't know about you guys, but it's, she's saying continue. Go yeah, ahead, you can yeah, go down. yeah. It's hot as hell here, but we're going to win anyways. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, I I just feel like people go to Cookville and they're like, why the hell am I here? Uh, we're just going to lose, <laughs> and so they do. But I mean, you better you better answer the call against Bailey Fisher. Yeah. I mean, he's good. They yeah. are good. They're good. You know, I would think. Now, what their record's going to be by the end of the year, I don't know. But in this particular moment, uh, are they 2-0 and or are they 1-1? One one? They're 1-1. One one. They got they, beat, they, but they, they got beat by Jacksonville State right. at JSU. So yeah. it's not like they got beat by a chump. That's what I was going to say. They played JSU. Yeah. What, is, what was the final score on JSU Tech? Two-touchdown game, something like that. I mean, if you're Tech, you're thrilled with that, considering how well JSU played in, this, in, this, in, the, uh, in the fall. And how well they're expected to play this year? Twenty-seven to ten, so it's a little more than two touchdowns. Still, I mean, they two, beat P twenty-seven twenty-one, lost twenty-seven to ten, and they beat P at P. From yeah, they mistaken. were ranked when they played JSU. Yeah, that's based on the win over Austin P. And then they dropped right back out. You love to see it, man. And the Racers I mean, got nine uh, points this week in the poll, so they're starting to get a little recognition. And they'll cut. I don't know that they'll crack the top twenty-five. There's a bunch of teams ahead of them, but. They'll get more votes next week if they do. They if they win and move to 3-0, and there's certainly going to have to be some conversation. And then the next two games would be winnable games. But, I mean, not get ahead of ourselves. This is a big game. But if they did, they have uh, uh, winnable games with Eastern Illinois. They seem a little down this year. Tennessee State, winnable. Racers usually play well against them. So, uh, got to see. I, I think a lot of it just comes down to the fact that you're seeing some smash-mouth football. Yes. Um me personally, I'm an aggressive guy. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more passing, but I know a lot of people that I like are, the winning. Uh, I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, I mean, you can pass and win too, though. I'm I'm okay with. Let's go ahead and pile up the W's, and I don't really care how you do it. Yeah, I'm I'm all right with uh, Deans and the the Hodges barrages. So, uh, oh, I I so look, I'm going to tell you right now. Thanks. I I'm definitely Preston Rice's first interception. Uh, I loved that play call. Uh, not that I need to be pleased i i don't at all but i loved the aggressiveness of that play call uh neil you'll remember they uh they get the interception that's cortez roberts interception the second one mm-hmm. of andrew bunch they immediately take a deep shot to jacob bell in the end zone and al young just made a great leaping catch Yeah, it was it was a shade, i love the call it was i love the call shade underthrown, but it was against the wind i mean he just missed it but young made a leaping catch to snatch it away from from jacob bell but the racers didn't give up any points on the on the ensuing turnover they you know they were able to hold hold serve and force the punt 
but I love that call. So I think you're going to see that every game. There's going to be a moment where it's like, there's the call. There's the big play. In week one, it was, let's hit Daquan Dallas after this interception. And I and that's two weeks in a row now we've seen a big shot after a big-time turnover. Mm-hmm. So see how the drawing up comes this week in Cookville. I'll be watching on Sunday. Uh, Neil, you'll be you'll be down there. Is it is it you and Aaron Clayton? Yeah, Aaron does the road games. Josh does the home games. Yeah, that'll be a blast, man. Josh has kids. You know, that doesn't want to take time away from them. I, don't I get it. Yeah, I get it. He's he's a busy man. It's a busy time. This is a busy time right now mm-hmm. because just to dovetail the rest of this, there's 14 other sports we could talk about right yeah. now: men's golf, women's golf, and we'll talk about them a ton. But my God, yeah, we're gonna get to them now yeah. that basketball is kind of you know starting to sunset, and they'll. Start Unless to something happens, their, we won't be talking about it. Much, yeah, honestly. start to start to work on their off season. Yeah, we'll talk about their off season as that starts to develop changes and, and things like that. But you know, volleyball uh, is kind of middle of the pack right now. Baseball, of course, has had to run through the best teams in the country. Yeah, uh, with a three game slate against Arkansas, and then you know, I believe last night lost eight to three against Louisville. Uh, but I mean, that's Louisville. Uh, they're good. But soccer, the last team to start, they're off to a three and zero start. Yeah, after back to back wins, uh, and Abby Jones recently taking over as the school's all time leader in assists, mm-hmm. she picked up her twenty second, pretty critical twenty second, as they won in the ninety eighth minute. Lily Strader from UHA University of Heights Academy in Hopkinsville, uh, she had six shots on goal last night, and one of them was the winner. So, uh, big time come from behind wings. They were down one zero late at Martin. Got a late goal and then won in double overtime, two one. So huge, huge three and zero start for for racer women's soccer. Huge. Couldn't couldn't be couldn't be happier for them. That's that's a really really good start for them. So yeah, we're definitely going to get into more sports as we move forward. But man, the now that the convergence of basketball and football is starting to see some separation. Neil, you said you've only got what like. Yeah, five weeks, unless unless there's postseason, five weeks of games, and that's it. That's I was gonna say. You've got one game a week for the next five yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been a, been a crazy year, but the fact is, uh, unless something happens, we will have gotten through the seasons. That uh, last fall, we weren't sure there would be some, right? And uh, we've been able to get through them. Uh, the, the great thing is, I think uh, the young men and women who have participated, and those who uh, have made it possible. Uh, to help them participate, have done a really wonderful job doing what they're supposed to do. Because uh, to this point, it hasn't really been anything major uh, as far as Murray State goes. They've done a really wonderful job with everything. Last thing I'll end with, Neil, and I appreciate our time as always. Uh, the NBA season kicks off tonight, second half of it. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah. well, I must have been sleeping. Yeah, I thought no. they actually the, yeah, second half. Have the All Star game uh, and the and the skills challenge. So who won that, the East or the West? How'd that go? Well, they don't do East and West anymore. North and South? They don't do that either. Southwest and Northeast? No. How do they, they draft players. They, they draft players? They do. They There's a pool of players from the East and the West, and then they just pick who they want. And Team LeBron won. Why does he get to pick? What's, well, he, he, what's he done that well, makes he, him the picker? Well, LeBron? <laughs> well, he has, but why him? I mean, he has won several NBA championships, but I think yeah. they flip a coin. And then how many have, coins do you have to flip to figure out who gets to pick? There's well, a lot of players. Why well, does he get to it's pick? It's just like who gets to pick first. And then he but picks why and him? Then, and then the other 
I don't know, Neil. I, did you not see it? Did you not? No, I come on. Yeah, I know you don't. You don't watch the NBA yeah. unless Jar Cam's playing. That's it. That's it. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, really quick with the NBA uh, jumping into its second part of the season, uh, forty plus games on tap uh, for most teams. You uh, you love to see it. John Morant not only played well uh, in his, I believe he played in about eighty percent of that first half of the season, but Cameron Payne. Uh, I know you and I've talked a lot about him. He's really ramped it up. Uh, last game of the first half of the season uh, had 17 points 10 assists and five rebounds uh, in a win against Golden State so uh, now that all-star break is done guys are back as a matter of fact Memphis plays tonight they host the Washington Wizards Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to seeing what these next 40 games are going to be for guys like Ja uh, and a guy like uh, and Cameron Payne so also the G League uh, Shaq Buchanan I think finished averaging about 13 points a game for the Memphis Hustle. They did not make the postseason, but they played 15 games in the Disney bubble, and that kind of keeps him probably in track to, to okay. stay with the Memphis Hustle. So, okay, real fun stuff, man. Why is their, their season's like over? So what do they do? Yeah, they just did a G League bubble, and now they're in a postseason that's like a single elimination tournament. All right. So... So what ha- what happens to like uh, if they like need to call up guys? Those guys just they can roam still around? they can they kind of roam around. Uh, Shaq is supposed to be playing in the basketball tournament this summer. Ah, okay. If if they get that bid, which the way that that works, and you and I'll talk more about that as we get closer to the summer. But the basketball tournament, how you even get into it is based on like publicity and love. Like you have to be basically requested, and then they vote on it okay. which teams are going to make it. So I would have to think. As they continue to reveal that roster, uh, you know, Shaq, Isaiah Cannon, I think people would be really excited to see yeah. a team. Ivan Aska is, mm-hmm. is currently been revealed to be on that team. There's going to be a few others. Once they reveal that full team and who they think is going to be committed to it, I think a lot of people are going to clamor for that team to play. So yeah. um, if they get enough publicity and enough notoriety and they get enough votes in the process – uh, they'll be one of the teams in the basketball tournament, and Shaq well, will be one of them. Will those guys be able to figure out how to eat without Eric setting up their meals for them? It's a great question. Yeah, will Eric Frederick be with them? Hey, they may employ him. Who well, knows? You know, they might. That'd be cool, actually. I'm sure he has nothing else to do. Yeah, Efred's not busy during the summer. <laughs> Especially if, with COVID? If we, if that's what I was fixing to say. <laughs> if we say these things, as the vaccine continues to unfurl, I do believe you've been... Vaccinated yesterday. Inoculated. Yeah. Uh, where my wife and I, the dishwasher and I, are on the list. Um, you know, I, it may be a different summer. You know, we may we may start seeing some normalcy return. So yeah. I know Matt McMahon and his staff would love to see it. Rochelle would love to see it. Uh, the country would love to see it. Well, so. if you're down to hardly no cases, hardly no deaths, hardly no hospitalizations, uh, you're not going to have a lot of cooperation with uh, all the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you're really not. Because they're going to go. Well, we have no reason to do it now. So. Yeah, you're exactly right. But, but and, and hopefully that's a that's a great problem to have. Yeah, let's hope we have that problem. Oh man, uh, here it is, man. Well, yeah. Neil, it's been real. It has. It's been fun. It has. It's been real fun. Okay. So are we done? <laughs> you didn't agree with the third one? I just I'm trying to get out of here. All right, buddy. Put we'll your Darth Vader mask back on. And get right. out of here. We'll see you, bud. All right.